0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. It says, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the Most High. We know that the Most High is God. And so the devil is going to counterfeit the most high God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 4, we see the counterfeit in uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ was the image of God would shine upon uh, them. If God is the most high God, Satan will counterfeit that and be the God of this world. That's what he does. He's the master counterfeit stay in 2nd Corinthians get chapter number 11 and go over to the book of 1st John And we'll get the first chapter 1st John 2nd Corinthians chapter number 11 And verse number 13 Well, I'm sorry. Let's do first John first (laughs) first John chapter number one verse number five This Then is the message which we have heard Of him and declare in you that God Is light and in him Is no darkness at all So what do you think Satan's going to do He's going to counterfeit that God is light and there's no darkness in him Second Corinthians 11 Look at verse number 13 For such are false Apostles, deceitful workers Transforming themselves Into the apostles of Christ And no marvel for Satan Himself is transformed into guess what an angel there's your counter everything god does satan is going to counterfeit it and make it look like it's god 64 times we see the phrase angel of the lord show up in the bible or does the devil appear the angel of light we also see in 2nd corinthians chapter 11 that the devil has, they're, they're, if if there's apostles and there's there's workers for the Lord, if there's apostles of Christ, guess what Satan's gonna have? False ones. It's the it's all a counterfeiting that is what he does. Get Revelation chapter number thirteen. Revelation chapter number thirteen. In John one twenty, we see that Christ is the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. That's that's uh, that's Christ, the Lamb of God. In Revelation chapter number thirteen. Guess what the false prophet's gonna show up? With? Revelation chapter number thirteen, look at verse number eleven. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a you guessed it, a lamb. Everything he does is to counterfeit of Christ. Revelation uh chapter number twelve. Let's cross reference that. Let's let's look at it together John chapter number three. I know it's familiar Look at John chapter number three It says in verse 14 And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man Be lifted up a serpent on the pole. You know that from the book of numbers and we see that pictured now in, in John Jesus Christ has to be lifted up. And Revelation chapter 12, look at verse number 9. We know that old serpent. Let's look at Revelation 12 9. The great dragon is cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. What does he do? What does he do? Which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out from the earth, and his angels were cast out. With all he is is a counter. Go to 1st Peter chapter 5. We'll do one more as far as a comparison here. 1st Peter chapter 5. Well, we'll see it in uh, Revelation 2. Get Revelation 5. Stay there. Let's read Revelation 5 first. Revelation 5, 5. Watch what it says. And one of the elders saith unto me, We've not behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David hath prevailed to look at the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Speaking of the Lord, the lion of the tribe of Judah, guess what, first Peter eight. you all know this verse. Right, chapter five, look at verse eight. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as what? A roaring lion. There's your counterfeit. Walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So we see from the Bible very clearly, just running one, two, three, four, about five cross references. He's the great deceiver. I know that's Christianity 101, but in light of our message tonight concerning Bible issues, don't you think he's going to have a counterfeit Bible? Don't you think he's going to have a counterfeit word? And that's what I'd like to look at tonight. It's so close, yet it's a counterfeit. Acts chapter number 17, verse number 11. Acts 17, verse number 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Think about this for a minute. How can you search the scriptures if you don't have the scriptures to search? You can't. How can you know whether those things were so if no one can agree what things were so that should have been put into the Bible? In other words, the things that are different can't be the same. So how do I know that things were so? They don't say the same thing. How do I know the scriptures that I'm searching are the word of God, which I'm supposed to receive with all readiness of mind? I'd like to draw from the principle that we just looked at as the great counterfeit. I believe it applies to the Bible issue. I'd like to get two passages, the Old Testament, Isaiah 56, and 2 Timothy, chapter number two. 2 Timothy, chapter number two. Isaiah 56, and 2 Timothy, chapter four, Keep your finger in Isaiah 6 We'll do 2 Timothy 4 first. We read this in Sunday. And now, verse 2. Preach the word. The instant season. How can I preach the word if I just have a copy of a copy of a copy? How do I know it's the word? It's a good question to ask. Preach the word. The instant season out of season. Prove, rebuke, exhort, long-suffering doctrine For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine After their own lusts Shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears And they shall turn away their ears from the truth And shall be turned unto faith. Verse number four uh, uh, I'm sorry, verse number three you see, what they say, they have at the end of it, itching ears. Ears are hearing words. That's not reading something scripted. Now, we have scripture, something scripted, written. But ears are hearing. That says, they shall turn away their ears from the truth. That all has to do with your hearing something. So the word has to be more than just written scripture. I'm gonna unpack that as we go along in this lesson. But I want to contrast that with the Old Testament passage that gives the polar opposite of what we just read in Second Timothy 4. To preach the word. That's the exhortation. And that's really the cry of the Baptist Church. We want to know what the Bible says. We want to go by the Bible. And if you can't show it to me in the Bible, and if it's not in the Bible, then it's not the word. Isaiah 6, verse 10. His watchmen are blind. They're all ignorant. They're all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. It's, it's just no real thing to the people. It's why the nation of Israel fell into apostasy. And this is the same reason to make a practical application for today. Why the church, many so-called churches have just gone into apostasy Why? This verse. Why? Second Timothy verse. They're not preaching the word. What are they? Verse 11. They are greedy dogs, which can never They're shepherds that cannot understand. They all to their own way. Everyone for his gain from his quarter. It's lazy, easy chair preaching, first problem, of all, ignorance, self greed, And Israel just went apostate because of it. There's no warning cry. No warning cry whatsoever. And there's a real danger. For making the case for having the word of God. We need to have the word of God. That's a very, very important thing. Because we want to be able to search it and we want to be able to preach out. So what's the word of God? Well, Genesis chapter two, let's go back there. And let's see if you can follow these uh, these ideas from the Bible that I'd like to put forth to you tonight. Genesis chapter two, look at verse number seven. Genesis two, verse seven. The Bible says, and the Lord God formed man out of the man of the dust of the ground. I gotta preach there in the Bible. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. So what's the picture there God took some dust and he did some forming and there's the dust man <laughs> okay all right amen and then what did God do and then you had well let's read it a living soul you had uh, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. You had something that was formed but dead. And when God breathed on it, now you had something that became alive because God breathed. Inspiration of the word is God breathed. Go to Ezekiel. Chapter number 37. Ezekiel 37. And you'll see, you're all familiar with this chapter. Well, valley of dry bones. We have an entire nation. It's dead. Nation of Israel spiritually is a dead nation. You know how it's going to come alive? Well, we're going to find out. Look at Ezekiel 37, verse number 5. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's back up the verse. Uh, Prophesy unto these bones, verse 4, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. There's hearing involved. There's nothing written here. And it's the word of the Lord. Verse 5. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you. And ye shall Live Their dry bones Their dead bones The nation is dead spiritually What do they have to do? Hear The word of the Lord And God's breath Is going to enter them And that nation spiritually Will then come Alive It's going to come alive And I will lay sinews upon you bring I'll flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put, here it is again, breath in you and ye shall live and ye shall know that I am the Lord. And so I prophesied, I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a noise, a bowl, a shaking. The bones came together. It bones. When I beheld lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. The skin covered them above. There was no breath in them. When the breath comes, what did we learn in a few verses prior comes along with that breath? Life. Life comes with the breath of God. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, say the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. See, we see it again so clearly, breath and living. So I prophesied as he commanded and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up on their feet An exceeding great army. Then he saith unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off from our bones. Therefore prophesy say unto them, thus saith Lord God, Behold, O my people. I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves of my people and brought you up out of your graves. And I shall put my spirit in you. That's where we get inspiration. Inspiration. Spirit. It's a God-breathed inspiration. God breathed And we had Adam formed he got the breath of life God breathed on him We had Ezekiel 37 the nation of Israel Spiritually God's going to put a spirit In them. they are going to live by breathing And I shall place you in your own land Know that I am the Lord That I the Lord have spoken it And performed it That's pretty cool Isn't that great God breathing to bring things into existence. A Gentile nation, right? It's not a Jew; you're a Gentile. Adam, e- Ezekiel thirty-seven. A, a, a nation, Israel is a nation spiritually. We see that. I want to show you one. Go to John chapter twenty. John chapter number twenty, because we're not. Um we're not of the nation of Israel, are we? And we are we identify we don't identify as a Gentile because we're not of the nation of Israel, right? Anymore. We are we identify ourselves as what? Believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. Hey sister, hey brother. We're part of Christ's body We talked about that this morning Watch what happens in John chapter 20 Verse number 22 Christ after He's rose from the, from the grave He's on earth And he says in John chapter 20 Verse 22 Well uh, let's back up to verse 19 Then the same day at evening Between the first day of the week When the doors were shut with the disciples were assembled For fear of the Jews Came Jesus And stood in the midst And said to them Peace be unto you. I guess he had to say that was probably scared scared at that point. And when he had said so, he showed unto them his hands and his sock, then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then Jesus said to them, Again, peace be unto you. As my father hath sent me, even so I send you. This is the verse I'd like to get to. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. And you know what came to life? A New Testament church. Because God breathed life. And everything that had to happen for a New Testament church to begin had happened. Christ died. He was buried. He rose again. But there's one thing missing. Life. And that life comes from the Holy Spirit. God said it. And they received what? The Holy Ghost. And it's constantly abiding. Which what we saying this morning. You have the life of a church you have the life of a nation you have the life of Adam when he was formed and it all has to do with God breathing what do we say about inspiration concerning the Bible let's go now and change gears and look at 2nd Timothy chapter number 3 2nd Timothy chapter number 3 we say about inspiration it's God breathed Second Timothy chapter number three. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Did Timothy have the tables of stone with the Ten Commands written on it? He did So did he not have the Holy Scriptures? We know he had them. He a copy of a copy of a copy, and how many copies you want to add after that? I don't know, but I know because the Bible tells me he, he from a child, he has known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, praise God. He's holding something. He's reading something that's holy, and it's, it's scripture. It's scripted. But watch what it says now How did he get that written scripture All scripture All scripted It's a scripted form All scripture Is given By inspiration It doesn't say all scripture Is inspired It says all scripture Is given by Inspiration The method of giving it is the inspiration. It was given how? God breathed. Inspiration. God breathed. And that's what I'm trying to draw out. Think about that for a second. It doesn't say all Scripture is inspired. It says all Scripture is given by. It's the method by which the Scripture is given. Men wrote, but God breathed life into it. God's breathing. God's inspired. I'm saying that because too many times we try to make arguments about Bible preservation and inspiration about manuscripts and evidence. And one church father said this, this manuscript is different than this manuscript. And I'm not saying we don't need to do that. And look at evidence, Believe me, I've looked at it. I'm sure you have as well. deep of me. It's a God-breathed thing. And the more we try to make the Bible and our Christianity a scripted linguistic academic argument, the more we start to backpedal on missing the idea that Breathe and did something now how are you going to explain that with a manuscript how are you going to explain that with evidence God breathed how was your child conceived how was your baby born God <laughs> God God Gave you and me and our children life. He gave us the breath of life. We breathe because he breathe he gave he breathed us to life. Well, my mom kept me alive. Well, yeah, we kept mom oh, alive. God. <laughs> I mean, we we try to make this thing a medical thing, a, a scientific thing. and the more we try to do that, the more we try to put ourselves in the in the realm of I'm going to intellectually figure this thing out, we, we, we lose focus of who God is and the magnificent power that he has. He has to breathe. That's where we get our life. Go to John chapter number 8. John chapter number 8. Look at verse number 43. John chapter number 8. Verse 42. Jesus said to them, God, were your father, ye would love me, for I proceed forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent." Me. verse 43, why do ye not understand my speech? And he gives the answer. Even because you cannot hear my word. These are red letters. That means it's really Jesus speaking. I mean, whole Bible should be red letters, but in any event, I understand what that means. When you see the red letters in your Bible, that's Jesus speaking. Okay? We're not going to do a deep dive into that, but you get the idea. He's right there speaking words. It's not written down. He's not. You and I are reading from John chapter 8. Jesus was not reading from John chapter 8, verse number 43, when he said those words. Those were his words. As he's breathing out those words, you know what those words are? Inspired. They're from God. Look at verse 47. He that is of God, heareth. God's words, ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. And if you don't want to hear from God, you just won't hear, no matter what's written down Well, I've got the Word of God, okay, but do you hear the word of God? You hear the Word of God? What's interesting about John chapter eight is. God's word and my words are completely removed from the NIV. You can look up the references yourself. The word of God's report, Jesus' words, are extremely important. Completely removed. And in John chapter 8, there's nothing written down. It's Jesus speaking. And they hated hearing the word They hated Inspiration has to do with God grief. First John. Uh, well let's go to first John. There's something there. First John. Uh, chapter three. First John chapter three verse last verse. Uh, second to the last verse. And this is his commandment that we should believe. On the name of the Son Jesus Christ, have you done that? Now it says, "In love one another." Now, have you done that? I mean, everybody that comes to pilgrim, you love them. Let's just start. We should love them by your Christ, but there's some people I've seen on YouTube where after I'm done listening to them, I don't really love them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not obeying this verse. I know I should be, but I'm thinking, man, why did you have to? Look, I'm sure people do that to me. I'm not going to depress you and send you my inbox, but I'm afraid to open it. The guy's listening in the UK asking me questions about the Bible. I, I got eight pages, I can't answer it all. Part of me wants to just say, look, there's better men than me. Just go ask them. I try to give the answer the best I can to try to work some stuff out. Get another email. Somebody found something on the website. I just don't want to open my email anymore. I have a really hard time loving everybody. I just guess I should have. Decided to be a professional critic rather than a preacher. It's just easier to be the but if you believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are commanded to love one another. Well, I just think everybody should come to church every time the doors are open. Well, guess what? So do I. But that's not an excuse for me to not love that. 35, 45 people coming, whatever it is mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning. Two, four, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12. However, many the rest of Zachary's downstairs on a Sunday evening. You, you know, know, know what you got to do? You just got to praise God. The 12th day. And still love uh, the And you know what? If we can start here, it'll make it easier to love the rest of the breath. Don't see eye to eye with everything I believe for you. Now, isn't that tough? You want to walk in unity, and that makes it easier to love. You. But God loved his enemies. And he calls us to love one another. And we're not enemies of each other. We just can't see eye to eye. God says, hey, so love." And it's not just okay, well now I know that truth, I'll just fake it till I make it. <laughs> I got a friend, my good friend from New Jersey. We tease him, he goes, You know, how how can we become good at making people think that we're actually interested in listening to what they have to say? <laughs> he just has this gift. He 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 lets, we watch him handle situations that are stressful. And he deals with things that are high-level stress. And it's, we know you don't care that much, but you make the other person think that you do. <laughs> and I don't want to be like that. I genuinely want to care, don't you? That's what love means. You genuinely care. It's not just the charity it's Just listening to that. You know, you could do that when your parents have to tell you. Not do something. You're listening because you don't want to get drunk. God wants us to have genuine, genuine love. I got so far off on that rabbit trail. I don't know where I ended up? Where are we? Uh, uh, verse, verse John three. Okay, verse twenty-four. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him. And he in you. He. And hereby we know that he abided in us how? By the Spirit which he hath given us. He's given you a spirit. So that John 20, God breathed, he gave the Holy Spirit have that and dwell within us. So you are spirit of God. You are inspired by God. God breathed, you have life. You have the Holy Spirit fighting. You have eternal life. Now that's about as deep as I can go with that, but it's deep. You just, you just think about that, pray about that. I mean, this isn't drinking the Coca-Cola after two hours of working out in the hot sun and you feel refreshed. This is the Holy Spirit of God. Okay. You just pray about that tonight. And death, now you got life. Praise his holy, holy name. So God's word, my word, it was removed in the NIV in John chapter eight. That's problematic. Go to John chapter number twelve. John chapter number twelve. Verse number 47, 12, verse 47, verse 46, rather, am come a light in the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness, and if any man hear my words, the word of God report and believe not, I judge not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Why would the revised, revised standard version change all three times? Why would, why would why would this word be removed and it be replaced with? Sayings. The word of God is important. He said, It's my words. Every word of God is pure. Why? You're going to hear something, and it's God, and it isn't written down yet. But God breathed it, He spoke it. Is it the word of God? Because when Jesus said this, he didn't have he didn't turn to John 12 say, All right, boys, sit down. Here's John 12. He said it and they heard it. They didn't read anything. Now that's the word of God. When we would try to make this book an intellectual exercise. We're not gonna be able to do it. I don't care what scholar wants to try to make it about. Well, these manuscripts are older manuscripts. This is pretty old. It's not written down. God just said it. I mean, you, you can't. This thing's deeper than scholarship. It's way deeper. Uh, John 14, we'll do one more in the book of John. John 14, verse number 23. Uh, Bible says, Jesus answered, sending him, if a man love me. He will keep my words, and if my father will love him, and he will come unto him, and make our abode with him. It says he will keep my teachings, it says we'll keep my words. You got an NIP, they take out words and put teachings in there. Jesus was a great teacher, the emphasis is on what he said, words, inspired. And breathe. In all three of these examples, in John 8, in John 12, and in John 14, to reiterate, God is speaking, man is hearing. Is it scripture? No, well, it's not scripture. Is it the word of God? Yes, but it's not scripted. Yeah, but it doesn't have to because he said it. He breathed it. It's inspired. They heard it. What are you saying? I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just trying to read the Bible and pull out what is happening. And this thing's deeper than manuscript evidence. This thing's deeper than a seminary professor putting forth a comparison of, well, this manuscript is older than that manuscript, and there's a variant here. And the text from Alexandria say this compared to the text from Antioch. And, okay, we'll get to that at some point. But it's deeper than that. It's deeper than theology and scholarship. God is breathing. It's going to be really, really hard to pin that down. You're not going to bottle that. This book is an absolute spiritual book. And the salvation that we have is an eternal salvation that was ruled about by God doing something that nobody can prove in a laboratory. We, the moment we try to make this thing about anything but the work of Almighty God, let me get our chumps. I believe in trouble. I can't prove everything scientifically. I can't prove everything, evidence that you can hold in your hand. But I believe by faith that God promised, I believe God's promise that he preserved his word. Just like Abraham, believed God. When, when, when God gave him a promise. All right, Second Peter. Here's another oldie but classic verse we no. all know. Second Peter 1. 2 Peter 1, verse number 20, knowing this first. 2 Peter 1, verse 20. That no prophecy of Scripture is of any, any private interpretation. Everything that I have to say from the pulpit, anything any of the men have to say from the pulpit, is public. Everybody's going to hear it. Somebody calls you aside and they want to have a meeting, at crackle barrel and say, hey, I've got this little little uh, secret doctrine. Nobody at the church knows. And I don't want, want to let you know in of it." You know what you say to them? Well, great. Come on in on Sunday and let's have everybody hear it. I want everybody to hear what I have to say. And you're probably like me. Have you ever had thoughts in your head when you're reading something and you're like, oh, that'd be really cool to preach, except you're having a real hard time making a fit? You just leave it alone. Just put it aside. Put it in your swipe file. And then every now and then you'll be listening to a, a sermon and a preacher will say what you were thinking and you're like, oh wait, that guy believes that? And then you think about maybe preaching it. Because you don't want to say something that you've never heard anybody say before. You need to be careful because of this verse. I want to know that at least somebody else preached it because I'm not putting faith that I know. If I'm the only guy that thinks it, that's a problem. That's a problem. That's a big problem. I got this grand idea. Is it in the Bible? No, but it's my grand idea. Well, hold it to yourself. No prophecy of Scripture is any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God wrote down, or doesn't say wrote down, but holy men of God had a written, or doesn't say written, but holy men of God spake as they were moved. By the Holy Ghost. You don't see any form of the word wrote or written anywhere in verse number 21. It has to do with God. What does it say? Speaking. God is speaking. Inspiration has more to do, has all to do with God breathing and less to do with manuscripts and papyrus and vellum and paper, and minuscules, and majuscules, and it's God breathing. And I'm not saying throw that evidence out. A lot of work on on manuscript evidence has been done. I am convinced that I believe the Antiochian line of manuscript evidence, we're not getting into all that tonight. What I'm saying and trying to propose tonight is just put that aside for a minute. God is breathing and inspiring. That's the inspiration. God breathed. Who did the movie? The Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. Spirit. Inspiration. Spirit. It's a spiritual thing. God gave the words by means of his breath. He's speaking, he's breathing. It have to verbally inspire each individual to match each individual language. Remember, we talked about the italicized words. Should they should should they be there or not be there? same translators remember we talked about that. They're just being honest with how they're rendering it. Because you're going to have a word in one language that will be, need to be said in two or three words in another language. I mean, it happens in Greek, Hebrew, and now we've got something in English. You see, right? It doesn't have to match. If you got 20 words here, you got to have 20 words here. That's not it. Go to Jeremiah 36, and I think of. Them. I this will make more sense. Jeremiah chapter number 36. Okay. If if looking for some more J names, if anybody would be looking for a J name, here's verse 36, uh, to verse one in chapter 36. And it came to pass in the fourth year of, Jehoiakim. Maybe the name would be Jehoiah. The son of Josiah. That's taken already. King of Judah. Yeah. That's taken already. <laughs> <laughs> that this, I mean, if you get inspiration from Jeremiah 36, you got two of them. Jeremiah and Jehoiakim. The, same. the son of Judah, uh, Josiah, king of Judah, this word came unto Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, See, that saying, the Lord sang something. Take the roll. And write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee, against Israel, against Judah, against all the nations, from the day I spake unto thee, from the days of Josiah, even unto this day. Something is going to be scripted down. And it's not going to be by Jeremiah. It's going to be by Barak, right? Believe that, right? But God is speaking. Before the pen hits the ink and the ink hits the papyri, you had something that was inspired because God spoke. The Holy Spirit guided in then, Please be in agreement with me. We are not trusting the hand of Barrett. We'll trust the finger of God. We'll see that again. But we are not trusting. What Paul had someone write down? Isn't God gave it. See how that gets tricky? It's God breathing. That's the inspiration. All right, let's move on forward. Go down to verse 23. Watch what happens. It came to pass that when Judah had three or four leaves, he cut it with a and cast it in the fire on the earth until all the wool was consumed in the fire that was on the earth. And for this, you got. So let's go let's, let's Yet they were not afraid nor rent their garments, neither the king nor any of his servants had heard all these words. Uh, nevertheless, Elnathan and Eliah and Ganariah made intercession to the king that he would not burn the roll, but he would not hear them. But the king commanded Jeremiah, the son of Hamalek, and Saraiah, the son of Azrael, and Sholomiah, the son of Abdel, to take Barak the scribe and Jeremiah the prophet, for the Lord hid them. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. After the king had burned the roll, and the words which Baruch wrote at the mouth of Jeremiah, saying, Take thee again another roll, and write in it all the former words that were in the first roll, which Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, hath burned. What happened? I know we read a bunch of funny names, and that kind of gets your train of thought off. But what happened was, God's word is destroyed, cut with a pen, knife, fire. It's gone. So what happens is he says, okay, you're going to do another copy of this, which is what we saw in verse number 28, right? take thee again another roll, and write in it all the more words. So he is told to write down a copy. Now, is the copy going to be the word of God? The first one was destroyed. God spoke it to Jeremiah, but Jeremiah didn't write it down. Barak write it down. So did we lose inspiration? No. Because God breathed it. God spoke it. And he is going to preserve it in the scripted But it was destroyed. The original is gone. And now God says we're going to do it again. Now is the do it again. God's word. It's got to be. It's got to be. But it's not the original. You got to go before the original. God's before the original. He breathed it. It's his words. He is going to make a way for it to be scripted down on paper. If it's not on paper, it's still his word, it's still inspired, it's still God breathed. So it's destroyed. Now, here's an interesting thing. Oh. Now, let me ask you this. Look at verse 32, the last verse in this chapter. Then took Jeremiah. Another roll and gave it to Barak the scribe, son of Uriah, who wrote therein from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the book which Jehoiakim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire. Okay, so we've got a copy and we say, okay, that's the word of the Lord, right? No doubt, not. even though it's a copy, it's still God's word, perfectly preserved the way that he said it originally, right? The way that he said it originally. Are you listening? Think about this. And this is the point I'm trying to make. Why this book is deeper and more spiritual than you and I can ever make. He did a second copy. The first copy is destroyed. He says, do a second copy. Is it the word of God? Yes. Is it as it was in the original? Yes. Except no. Because I didn't read you the last part of the verse. Now read this verse. And there were added besides unto them many like words. Now what are you going to do with the verse like that? It was destroyed. God said, okay, we're going to do another redo. But this time we're going to add more words. So it is different than the original. Now tell me that ain't something. That's supernatural. That's God. That's God breathed. I'm telling you, this thing is more about God breathing the inspiration than trying to match everything exactly. There's no man. It's God. It's God. And he said, besides unto them uh, added, and they were added besides unto them, many like words. You know what? If you're German, get Luther's Bible. If you're Spanish, get the Valera. If you're Italian, get the Theodaccia. And you know what? We're English, so we're going to have the King James Bible. When you put them all down, you want to count all the words in Genesis chapter 1, they're not all going to match exactly. Because it's not an Italian Bible or a German Bible or a Spanish Bible. They're all different. But they're not. How? I don't know. I'm just telling you, it's a God breathed thing. It's God breathed thing. But they don't all have to match to be inspired. know that sounds odd, but in Jeremiah chapter 36, you got a second redo where things are added and the and the, the copy doesn't match the original, yet they're both inspired. Got any more on that? Nope, that's all I got. That's all I got. Well, now I got one more and we'll be done. Uh Jeremiah fifty one. This is, uh, go all the way to the end of the chapter. Jeremiah 51, verse number 59. The word which Jeremiah the prophet commanded Sarai, the son of Uriah, the son of Messiah, which he went with Zedekiah, the king of Judah, into Babylon in the fourth year of his reign. And this Sarai was a quiet. So Jeremiah wrote in the book all the evils that come upon Babylon, even all these words that are written against Babylon. And Jeremiah said to Sarai, When thou comest to Babylon, and shalt see, and shalt read all these words. Okay, great. They're going to read the word. Then shalt thou say, O Lord, thou hast spoken against this place, to cut it off, that none shall remain in it, neither man nor beast, but that it shall be desolate forever it shall be when well, thou hast made an end of reading this book. Now, this is God telling them to do this. God's telling them to do this. That thou shalt bind a stone to it and cast it into the midst of the Euphrates River. Into the midst of the Euphrates. And thou shalt say, Thus shall Babylon sink and shall not rise from the evil that I will bring upon her. And they shall be weary. Thus far are the words of Jeremiah. So he's going to preach to them, and God tells him, you just destroyed my word to show them that they're sunk. Now you tell me that's crazy. So do we not have God's word now? God commanded his word to be destroyed and thrown in the Euphrates, in the Euphrates, to make a point, a spiritual point. Well, I guess we're all sunk. We can never really know. I guess we're going to have to plan a deep-sea diving uh, expedition down to the river Euphrates. No God breathes The inspiration of scripture is deeper Than I can make it Do we have time for one more Let's do one more And then we'll be done Go to Exodus 30 Exodus 31 And I'll be I'm down for Talking to This will be it be, it'll be the last verse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. Exodus. Did I say Jeremiah? Exodus. Exodus 31. Watch what it says. And the Lord spake. See that again? Uh, Where's it again? Verse number 12. Watch what it says. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying. So see that speaking and saying. Verse 13. Speak thou, children of Israel, saying. We see that popping up again. Now, let's get down to the last verse. And he gave unto Moses, when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai, two tables of testimony, tables of stone. That'd be easy to put on, okay? Anybody have them? Nope. You know how the writing is happening? It's beautiful. The finger of God's doing it. Does anybody anywhere have that? Does that mean we don't have God's word? No. We have God's word. Go to Exodus 32. Look at verse 15. And Moses turned and went down from the mount. The two tables of testimony in his hands. The tables were written on both their sides. On one side and on the other were written. The tables were the work of God. And the writing was the writing of God. graven upon the table. When Joshua heard the noise of the people. As they shouted. He said, and Moses, there's noise of war in the camp. And he said, it is not the voice of them that shout for mastery. Neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome. The noise of them that sing do I hear. Aimed came to pass, as soon as he came down to the camp, that he saw the calf dancing and Moses' anger waxed hot, and he cast the table out of his hand and break them beneath the mouth. How in the world can something that was inspired by God be gone? You've, can you imagine being Moses? It was written with the finger of God, and he destroyed them. Can you believe that? I can't believe it, but I mean, I believe it because it's written there. I know what happened. But imagine being Moses. God wrote it. I mean, you've got people, they got letters from their spouse that they first met. They got saved in a lockbox. (laughs) Moses has got something that God wrote with his finger. And he's got some people doing some calf worship and some, you know, Depending on who you're talking to, they were listening to a 2-4 rock beat, you know, playing and all that. And so Moses' anger he destroyed it. came from God! He destroyed it. I guess we're some We believe the Bible as far as it was rendered in the original autograph. Well, you have an original autograph right here. Nobody has. And nobody can appeal to. So if you're going to make the originals the basis for your art, please show them. It's a God-breathed thing. Exodus 34, look at verse 1. The Lord said unto Moses, Cue thee two tables of stone like in the first, and I will write upon these tables the words that were in the first tables, which thou breakest. That's pretty good. I mean, you know, God didn't take the new ones and break them over Moses' head, which I guess if I was God, that's what I would have done. If you were God, you'd You'd probably do something much the same. God did a copy of a copy. Was the copy inspired? It was. God breathed. Last one, verse 35, verse 1. And Moses gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together and said unto them. These are the words which the Lord hath commanded that we should. It bothers me when King James Bible believers believer believer say that they believe the Bible, they're not using an the NIV, they're not using the New American Standard, they're not using anything from the old black book, amen? They believe every word of God. God Moses God is telling Moses and Moses telling people, Okay, great, you believe my word? Now do what it says. You know what a King James Bible, Bible believer really should be? Someone who does what the book says and doesn't find excuse to not do what the book said because well any excuse will do and we can go through all the commands, all the clear simple ones that God tells us to do we believe the King James Bible okay, well do you obey? Maybe you don't believe it you don't believe it like you say you do let's do what the book says and God will work out the rest